To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to PB and Joey for more information. Also, uh, as of right now, free shipping on all orders over $35. So, once again, more information at pbandjoey.com. Free shipping orders over $35. That's pbandjoey.com. Trying to get crazy with this scene. Don't you know I'm local? Hello, August. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, streaming live from the Spare Part Studios. Actually, not in the normal spot today. Uh, we had a bit of a rainstorm, and uh, the windows in my studio were open. So, I had to move. There was water all over, all over. There was. I usually work with three laptops when the studio. One is one is uh, making sure that the Twitch stream is running properly. I have one that has all my articles and anything else I need to update on a whim. All right, that's my main information laptop, which usually is right next to me. And then, of course, you have the main laptop, which is small and portable with a long battery life that I can take anywhere that runs the entire podcast, the channeler. The channel, the mixer, recording it, editing it, uploading it. That's all this computer does. And it was covered in rain. But it seems to be working pretty well right now. And we're going to chance it. It did shut off randomly uh, in the beginning, but now it seems to be doing okay. Pretty durable little thing. It's basically just a Toshiba netbook, but it, re- it records the podcast beautifully. But So uh, while that room is... I just didn't feel like being in that room today. So I moved everything over. Um, I can do the whole podcast just in this room. This is I call the cricket lounge. This is basically a stuff where if you're sitting here in the morning, you're sitting here at night, you can sip your coffee or your tea or whatever, and you can um, watch watch movies. You can watch YouTube. You can just sit here and drink your coffee and listen to the crickets outside as it's nice and dry out. It's just a great little room that is set up with a big-ass recliner and an extra comfy chair, and it's just a great little spot so i felt like sitting in here today and uh trying out uh, try it out a new computer that i've added to the arsenal i've been upgrading updating all these older computers that i have to see what uh i can do with them and this one seems to be running um i'm monitoring the twitch stream with it and the twitch stream is running fantastic excuse me on it it just needs a little more ram which is a 20 30 dollar purchase no big deal and i think that will take care of that problem. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's, it's like I said, spare parts. Uh, excuse me if I'm a little out of whack. A whack. Well, every time I shoot one of the pot. This is episode eighty-one, and I, of course, on no sleep. Um, I'll I'll give you the good news. The good news is, well, the bad news isn't bad news. It's not bad news. I'll give you the good. Okay, I'm in the spare part studios, and I I have agreed in principle to uh in keeping this arrangement for a whole nother year. So for a whole nother year, you're going to get um, a whole new slew of podcasts. You're going to get more YouTube videos edited from this studio uh, and what have you. So I'm, I'm glad that's, that's one thing you shouldn't have to worry about when you're starting out something like this. I mean, when I first started this, this thing with the YouTube stuff and trying to get the podcast back, you know, uh, my, my father was, you know, terminally ill. I had no money. Uh, my camera was stolen. I, I've told that story a thousand times. 
But you don't want to have to worry about that shit. You won't have to worry about where your next paycheck's going to come from. What's what issue is gonna is gonna derail the situation that you're trying to do? It's the middle of winter time. It was just tough. So now that that is off my plate, I'm able to focus on sipping my delicious coffee, uh, Komodo Dragon, uh, Komodo Dragon uh, Dark Roast. Was it Dark Roast? Like a bold roast. It's actually a little smoother now. I took the bold roast. I took uh, the whole bean, ground it down really fine. And added a little coconut cream to it. Coconut cream is great. You, anybody who drinks coffee who doesn't want to take in a ton of calories or a ton of like random calories from shit that you don't know of that's processed that's not really good for you, you go to the um, Asian food section and you get a can of coconut cream. And then you mix that stuff up uh, until it's nice and creamy and you put that in your, in, your, uh, in your coffee and it's great. You can put it in your iced coffee too as long as you spin it really well. It's fantastic. So great cup of coffee today um, from the pour over blend. Podcast is looking great. The studio is here for another year, which is awesome because it sets me up to do more things. I've got a lot of projects coming up. I've got one vi- I got two videos uh, in the can on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash, uh, not slash positive, go to youtube.com, check out uh, Positive Sarcasm. I just dropped a new video today. As I told you, it was coming. Uh, the Beacon This got a sequel. It's uh, called The Traveler, starring, of course, Giovanni uh, not Rabisi, Giovanni Orlando Pena. And uh, that one's back. You can go check that out. You should re- watch the original Be- The Beacon. I think you'd like that one. That one was the, uh, that won the Polkin Film Scramble for that quarter. But they haven't, the voting just opened today. So if you go to my channel or if you just send me some information, I, you can go to, uh, there's a poll I put up, I think, with the link. But you can hit me up either way. The, the voting is open for another week, and you can vote for The Traveler uh, through this poll. You can just email me at positivestarcasmoutlook.com. I really want this series to to win again. It was pretty pretty cool. They may be, they're relatively easy to do once you have the idea in your head and you run with it. Plus, I already had another, I already had a plot line to go on, and it wasn't hard for me to kind of steer the, the, the show, steer the movie into this direction it was very it, it kind of worked in my favor i think uh also yeah i wouldn't rule out a trilogy let's put it that way but go check that out on my channel at least watch it the traveler uh positive sarcasm uh it's also you can go to positive sarcasm.com you can watch it there i have my you, you can go to my youtube blog there mm. so that's great you know studio renewed for another year i'm out here in the cricket lounge I'm actually thinking about going to the beach and doing a podcast from the beach. Just doing it just like this, exactly as I'm doing right now, uh, only setting up like a table and doing a podcast from the beach, from the ocean. Just pull out the microphones. You can hear the, wi- you can hear the wind and stuff. I'll maybe get like, uh, I don't know, like wind covers or something. But you'll be able to hear like the ambient background and everything, of just the waves crashing against the shore and just us chatting into the mics. And I think that would probably be a lot of fun. Shit, we could probably do one on top of a mountain. This stuff is so lightweight. So that's good. Um, we It's a good thing that when you own your responsibility of your mistakes and your successes, that good things start to spiral and, you know, you know, it, it exponentially. Good things, you know, start to happen exponentially. And... As long as you always take responsibility for your actions and the things that you do, you're much better off in succeeding. As long as you continue forward with the effort. 
But last night, I, I didn't get any sleep. There was a disturbance in my neighborhood. Okay? Hold on. I'm getting some coffee. Like, and there's a reason I'm on no sleep. There's a dis- there was a disturbance in my neighborhood last night that ca- got me up real quick around midnight and had trouble sleeping because my adrenaline was going. Small stuff, normally no big deal, but stuff that could escalate really quickly. There was somebody who was being, you know, a jerk in my neighborhood and a neighbor went and confronted the person and then that escalated into verbal, uh, real verbal throws and I went down immediately and got involved. I mean, this is houses away, houses away, but I can hear it and I know I know some of the people that are involved, so I immediately went and inserted myself in the situation to protect somebody. It's amazing that how quickly something like this escalated and how the community itself got involved to quarantine the scenario, to quarantine the situation. And I think that's how... That's the problem right now with this week as far as the escalating violence and supposedly it's out of control and everybody's pointing fingers. And I don't really have a thought as far as a solution as far as what they're proposing, whoever or whatever. It's been a rough. It's been a rough week, as far as violence in some places and things and things like that. I'm trying to generalize it. I don't want to be, you know, I I, I don't want to go down too much of that route. But putting a bandaid on a bullet wound or treating the sim, you know, treating the symptom instead of or the mm, we're just we're not really we're not really treating the the actual issue at hand. We're not attacking the virus or the bacteria. We're just sort of treating the symptoms here and there. And I don't think we're really diving in far enough we know what that we know what we should do to fix the problem but we're not doing it and people and this is based on think you know pathological people you know sociopaths and last night i was face to face with a sociopath somebody who you go and because you have a presence they get right in your face and they're not afraid to throw say whatever they want to them to you and it's it's the control i have in those situations is what sets me apart from being a sociopath. If you haven't, if you don't know the definition of a sociopath, believe me, I've talked about it several times in my podcast, even calling myself one, because it's very easy to go down that route. You know, Nazis were sociopaths. Hitler was a sociopath. He was a many, he was a many path, but a person with a personality disorder manifesting itself in extreme antisocial attitudes and behavior and lack of conscience. What are the traits of a sociopath? Glibness and superficial charm. So generally, when you when a guy, usually guys are sociopaths. Not I don't normally meet girls who are sociopaths. Although I could be corrected. Normally, because I look for it in guys who are sociopaths, so that's where I identify easier with. Um, glib. Uh, so when you meet when a girl meets a guy, generally they're super charming right off the bat, and because the guy is already focused, he focuses on one girl, and he charms the pants off of her. Like any other guy, but it's something deeper, and the cl- the, they click really quickly and deeply, and it's just. But it's it's a very much man, it's very manipulative, and that's why they call glibness and superficial charm. So they're just something that just kind of clicks. Normally, the, the the sociopath picks somebody who's vulnerable, and takes advantage of that vulnerability so they can use what that person has for their own personal gain, without ever paying that person back. Manipulate and like I said, manipulative and conning. They never recognize the rights of others and see their see this as self-serving behaviors as permissible. Okay, guys are greedy, women are greedy, 
Everybody's greedy. But greed is different from soci from sociopathy. It's a pattern. That's a pattern. Now it continues. Grandiose sense of self. You think you're bigger than everybody else. When in that reality you're not. You actually put up a front. You're a massive liar. Okay. There's a difference between showboating and doing what I do and being a actual pathological liar, which is a huge attribute of being a sociopath. Lack of remorse, shame, or guilt. Yeah, I'm very monotone when it comes to my emotions and things like that, but believe me, the, the emotion's there. Okay, I do what I have to do because I don't have time to sit around and just feel sorry for myself or for other people. So I try to work on just making the best out of every situation that I can, but as quickly as possible without, and trying to bring people along with me. But just having no, being a pathological liar, not showing off any remorse or shame or guilt is a huge uh, trait of a sociopath. Shallow emotions. I have shallow emotions on, on the front. When I'm editing video, though, you can see that there is actually real emotion put into it, and real emotion I do portray. You just don't see it, but it's there. But shallow emotions are definitely uh, a, a trait. Incapacity for love. See, this is why I identify so well with a sociopath. And this is why I've asked several people, am I one? But they always say no. Need for stimulation. Uh, I have a need for stimulation, but it's more of I want to capture and I want to do work and I want to keep busy. It's not so much to satisfy myself. It's I want to keep busy. When my father passed away, I felt like I needed to live his life too. There's a, there's a actual thing for that. I believe Whitney Cummings, Whitney Cummings discussed it on Joe Rogan's podcast today. I forget what it is. But you want to live that their unlived life, your parents' unlived life, which is fine. It just makes you super busy. Um, let's see. Need for the stimulation, callousness, lack of empathy. I don't have much empathy, but poor behavioral, behavioral controls, impulsive nature. I have impulsive natures because I buy shit a lot. But... I also put a lot towards bills, and I have a spending plan for the most part. And I take care of the things I have. That's why they've lasted so damn long. Early behavioral problems, juvenile delinquency. I wasn't a delinquent. I was a typical kid when I was younger. Irresponsibility and unreliability. Promiscuous sexual behavior and infidelity. Uh, in case you haven't noticed, like in the past year, I, yeah, I'm kind of inactive in that department on purpose. Lack of realistic life plan and life plan and parasitic lifestyle. As I have become more and more stable with positivesarcasm.com in my financial life, in just all everything in general, there's no the, the I've begun to move away from a lot of these traits. But last night I was face to face with somebody who basically pushes all these traits in full capacity. Now generally when I meet a sociopath I, I can tell you for sure, when you meet a sociopath, they don't have good home lives. They didn't, they didn't have a, a good upbringing. They didn't have anybody teaching them discipline and values, family. They didn't have where to go. They weren't taught how to remedy situations on their own, responsibility. These are things that we're losing right now. Okay, it's, it's definitely, whether it's a single-parent household, kids are not being disciplined properly, they're not being taught the right things, they spend too much time on computers and stuff. They're not, or when they do, they're not listening to the right people, not watching the right stuff. There's so much information, misinformation out there. This is what causes uh, sociopathy. This is what causes them to be everywhere. 
They don't want anything to do with anything other than what they want to do at that very moment, even though they don't exactly know what they want to do. They just have that impulse. And it's not good. It makes you, you know, it does. Like, there's other qualities. Authoritarian, uh, secretive, paranoid. It just makes you difficult, and you blame everybody else for your problems. After my last article that I wrote in 2017, I stopped, I said, okay, well, that's my responsibility, and I need to focus on other things that are going to make this company money, and then I can be helping other people and helping myself. You have to, sociopaths are arguably one of the most dangerous people out there because there's so many of them. Now, have I ever met a violent sociopath? Yes and no. Nothing that I'd really count as I'd be afraid of. I took one sociopath when I was in sales and threw him over a fucking desk. Um, but he was just saying stupid stuff. But I, you know, I went after him. I was never afraid of him. I'm not afraid of generally of sociopath, sociopaths. But when they do get pushed too far, whether it's just by information or just being left to their own devices, then... It can, they can get violent. You put a sociopath on medication, behavioral medication, antipsychotic, anti-seizure, antidepressants, anti-anxiety. That's when they get violent because now their brain isn't taking care of them. Their their brain is not functioning. You think it's supposed to it, the way it's supposed to function. It doesn't work that way. You think that these medications are supposed to align the brain's dendrites and signals. Well, it can, but remember, this is a medication. Okay? You have to take it on the regular. Um, it doesn't necessarily do what you're saying it does. Sometimes it just it, it makes you sort of numb to the sadness, numb to the struggle. So you, you just, you're sad and you want to be happy, so you take a pill. Oh, I'm supposed to be happy. Now I'm happy 24-7. But then you have a mo moment of sadness, and that... Sadness turns to immediate anger. This pill was supposed to work. And you get angry really quickly. So These are things that make it so that when you do get angry, you immediately start to push that stuff outward. And then you get things you know, like that happened this past week, or it just makes you more erratic. Where if you put everything on yourself, you rely specifically on yourself and your own body to take care of everything, you're much less likely to... There's a line. It's like Chernobyl. They had that... There's that line where if they would have put... If they would have... They hit the they hit the Z5 button, the, the, the graphite rods, the, the rods that are supposed to cool the uranium, they go in, boom, emergency shutoff happens. Except the pills... The pills have the capacity to remove what is supposed to be that limiter, that border, or they trigger it. So when normally you see some a situation where you would normally be like, I, I'm not going to go that far. That would be silly. The pills, in many cases, can attribute to making that, that bad situation worse. Or as Jordan Peterson refers it, making a bad situation and turning it into hell. And if you're constantly blaming other people for your problems whether it be a race or a group or whatever or just other people in general, coworkers, you're a sociopath 
and now you're on pills, which make you a psychopath. And from there, they just start the tools. And sociopaths are not stupid. They're smart, they're clever, they're cunning. They know how to get what they they need, what they want. And if they want something that could potentially hurt others, and there's no border to stop them because the medication got rid of it, they're going to get it, they're going to do it. And other people are going to suffer those consequences. So it's important that you take care of your community. You you know your you know your neighbors, and you're at least on a a, a positive or an, a, a, a neutral terms. Your community is what's going to solve a lot of the problems out there. You taking care of yourself physically in any way, shape, or form you can. Being creative as much as you can. These are the things that are going to solve a lot of this world's my this my the first world problems. But I'm definitely skeptical about how it's going to go. I don't think it's going to get any better. Although Steven Pinker says that it's actually life expectancy, well, not life expectancy, but life here in America has gotten significantly better, and I think it has in the most part. I know my life has gotten significantly better. Okay, but I think it's just because I've stayed the course written everything down and just stay disciplined for that factor. And eventually things did get better. The clouds did part. And this is good. You know, and I've gone out of my way to try new things and go to new events and do new stuff in general. And as long as I didn't let a lot of my impulses get the best of me, except for this giant uh, throttle body intake behind me. I'll show you that in a second. Uh, spending money, then everything's going to be good. Everything's going to be okay. And I know maybe I sound inspiring. Like, I don't know what, I, what how I sound right now, but I'm just speaking from you know my heart or my head or whatever. But understand a sociopath when you see one, and make sure when you see one, it's not in the mirror. Don't be don't be blaming other people for your problems. If you're blaming it's easy to go fall to go down that route. It really is. It just takes you from blaming one person, not do you know, not having a good work uh, work ethic, not exploring the dreams and the thoughts that are in your head and putting it into action. Okay, there are two types of people. Or I had a thought the other day. There are two types of people in this world: those who choose to, those who are are designed to capture it, those who are designed to live it. You got to be one of the two, and you got to be doing it. If you're not living life or capturing life, you're not. You're not part of the team. You're not playing the game. You're not part of the team. You're not helping. So do yourself a favor. Don't go down that route. Do things. Get involved. Pursue your dreams. Do it early. Make sure you have a good community. Make sure you have a good family. Or at least some shape or form of one. And cut anything that is loose, that's overdramatic, or bullshit from your life. Okay, you should have one can of Pringles in the house as far as life goes. That one little piece of junk. That's it. Whether it's your fucking Pringles or your Twizzlers or your little glass or your little bottle of wine. You have your one little, you know, thing, your one little stash of being bad. And that's it. Don't compile it. Don't collect it. Move on from there. Your life will be better that way. So, 
But yeah, meeting a sociopath last night, I can appreciate the fact that I have, if I was one, I am no longer. I can say that. I'm confident in saying that, that I'm not that. I do a lot, it's not, but I still don't think I do enough. I'm trying hard. I'm pretty humble to most people. I like to have fun. I try not to manipulate conversations, and I don't try to make myself out to be bigger than I am, although I am a guy who likes to showboat. Just lost my page. There we go. But I'm feeling pretty good that I, from what I ran into last night was not me, was not a portrayal of me, and that I have earned a new year in my beautiful studio with my, with my really working well gear that I have taken the time to resurrect a lot of this gear from the dead. These three machines that are running right now weren't running either very well or were not running at all until I got my hands on them. This one to my left cost me $20. The one in front of me that's streaming the Twitch stream cost me nothing, actually. The one to my right that's recording the entire podcast and edits it and uploads it and stores all the old podcasts. That's cost me nothing. It's incredible. Between these three computers, 20, 30 bucks, I think, at the most for little parts here and there and just a little creativity of what I'm going to do with them. And yet, all three of them have the capacity to be stronger computers. So, you know, a little pat on my back. Congratulations to me for being awesome. But sociopathy. If you have friends that are manipulative and stuff like that, get rid of them. What I ran into last night is a perfect example that one person that when quarantined and confronted by a community is what can possibly save the community. We're at 26 minutes right now. I've been on a tear with spending podcasts. Uh, somebody just sent me a live stream thingy. What would you do if you had a shrink ray? Oh, it's fucking junk. If you do want to ask me questions or comments, you can uh, hit me up at Twitch stream. At, I, I t live stream all my podcasts. Twitch.tv slash positive sarcasm one. You can uh, follow this. Uh, you can subscribe to my channel on YouTube. You can download the podcast from pretty much every location. Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, Music, Apple Podcasts, which is formerly known as iTunes. I got a sweet thing. I've been on a tear with my car buying shit for it. I was I took a break to work on the interior because I wanted the interior on my car because my car's interior were known to be pretty basic. I got this thing from BBK from a company called LMR. This um, normally when you get a air intake for your car, which gives a little more flow to the engine, which increases which supposedly gets a little bit better fuel economy, a little bit better horsepower. And what kind of car are we talking about? We are talking about nothing special. As you know, or maybe you don't, uh, let's see. I like convertibles. I've always been a convertible fan. I love having them. My recent one uh, was hit in a hit and run. The one I have now is a 2003 two-valve 4.6-liter V8 Ford Mustang. Okay? It's true blue. It's got the Mark 1 chin spoiler on it. It it's all cleaned up. Next year it'll be getting the larger wheels. It's a great looking car. It's a great cruiser. Nice nice car. Problem with the two valves. 
good good thing about them reliable engines reliable transmissions cons about them underpowered how so generally when you think of mustangs you think of 300 horsepower problem with the two valves is they were 260 however they can be tuned they can be there's a lot of bolt-ons since the since that car has been around for almost 20 years there's been a lot of companies that have been getting involved with modifications they've learned how to electronically uh, tune them to the best of their abilities bringing out all the right horsepower in all the right places stuff for their suspension to tighten things up better ride better fuel economy better interior better appearance packages and of course all the engine components you could possibly ask for so I already had the K&N air filter intake system you know I had all that the next part is going to be to make sure that I have the right amount of gear on the into on the inside of the engine with a proper tune so that I can be about 300 horsepower to the crank and then you'll lose about 15 to 20 percent 20 percent you'll lose about 20 to 30 horsepower through the transmission which means you'll get about 260 to 270 horsepower to the tires uh, yes I will be keeping it this will be a this is a convertible convertibles should not be loud they should not be stiff so they should be nice comfy cruisers however it is a Mustang so it absolutely should rip so I will make sure that I will be keeping it'll be completely street legal with larger tires it'll have a lower profile because it should look lower that year of Mustang looked like it rode very high because it did so it will be a, it will it is oh I drive that thing eight months out of eight months out of the year eight months out of the year so uh, yeah it's a great car wintertime I'll be driving in the wintertime uh, I'll be driving something else who cares what it is I don't give a shit I love I just love convertibles you just drive it every freaking day it's a convertible put the fucking roof down go enjoy life okay but a throttle body is what connects to the intake manifold when everybody gets air intakes air intakes connect to the throttle body now the one that comes with the Mustang is about 65 millimeters it's not very big so I bought this obnoxiously sized 78 millimeter BBK throttle body uh, throttle body with the plenum which is right here attached to it this thing is fucking stupid so um, a lot of people talk shit about it they say it's overrated it's not that great actually these things are bolt-on you don't even have to tune them but I'm gonna ha probably have a tune done to it as well just so that the just so the computer the engine computer knows what has just been attached so that it doesn't bog down at lower RPMs it's really not that heavy it weighs uh, just a few pounds and uh, it's a freaking beast so basically when you hit the gas when you hit the gas uh, the it pulls the pulley string basically pulls back and the bait and next thing you know the valve opens up and just lets a big rush of air in that's it that's it and it just more air is allowed in zero restriction and then off she goes and generally at higher RPMs when you have a larger throttle body or a larger carburetor which is for older cars basically there's no restriction get out of the way but it, it should be tuned and I will make sure that it is so I got that that was about two hundred and eighty dollars <laughs> with an eight percent coupon hooray for me 
Uh, I also have some other stuff coming. I'm working on the interior. I got an Ash Burlwood interior for it. I, uh, I'm also going to be at the, what do you call it? The Concorso Italiano, which, Concorso Italiano, excuse me, is at the Tuscan Kitchen at, in Salem, New Hampshire. It's once a year. They just show off all kinds of really cool cars and stuff like that. And I mean cool cars. Like, we're talking like $200,000 supercars, not fucking shit boxes, you know, that somebody put rims on. My car will not be displayed there because, number one, it's not done yet. Like, I, it needs, like, it has the stock 17-inch rims. It Next year, it's getting much more proper rims and tires on it. However, right now, it looks great. But it needs just a couple more things. Not much more. It's really just two or three items away from being awesome. Just awesome. And by next year, after it comes out of hibernation, it'll be good to go. Uh, so I will be next year. I will I'll I'll put the car in the Concorso Italiano, which will basically it just means I'm I'm instead of making a left into the parking lot, I'm making a right into the uh into the the showcase and just leaving it parked and then going and shooting. I'll be there actually to just anyways to shoot video and take pictures because last year it rained, it freaking rained. It pissed me off. That's how I lost my Nikon B seven hundred, which has a a huge zoom on it. But I ran around in the rain. Apparently that camera's not weatherproof so that was the end of that thing so that's how i actually ended up with the sony alpha is basically i went through a shitload of cameras but i already told that story so this year it's supposed to be nice and sunny so i'll be there it's on sunday august 11th and it starts at like 10 a.m but i'll be there early early of course looking good looking guido and uh taking pictures for everybody and uh should be a good time just a nice little thing. The night before, though, I'm going to be at Tom Segura at the Hampton Beach Casino. Uh, no, I will I will not. Do, should I live stream it? I don't know. I don't know if I'll have the time to. I'll be too busy running around actually taking video. If I can live stream it, then yeah, maybe. But and probably not. Anywho. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So a good week. I have a good weekend coming up. Tom Segura on Saturday. Concorsa Italiano with a Tuscan kitchen on Sunday. No rain this time. And then next year I'll submit my car for it, which won't be a big deal. It's just going to be there. It'll be awesome. You can go to week 86, I think it is. It's called Playing in the Rain. Go to week. Go to YouTube.com and look up Positive Sarcasm and check out like week 86. It's called Playing in the Rain. It'll give you an idea of what it actually looks like there and then the rainstorm. This year will be better, though. It's going to be nice and sunny on a Sunday. Awesome. And then, obviously, this Friday and Saturday, I'll get a lot of beach time. I'll do a lot of video shooting and then go to the Segura concert. And then Sunday, boom, supercars. Fucking awesome, man. Fucking awesome. I'm doing it right. And then I got some other things coming up. And then, of course, Sunday morning, I have a video to, I have a, I have a PS glimpse dropping Sunday morning on YouTube. So make sure you go to YouTube. And go to Positive Sarcasm and hit subscribe. Hit subscribe and hit the little bell for the notifications. There's going to be a new video dropping then, a little PS Glimpse. Like I said, PS Glimpses are around three minutes. Um, itchy nose. So check that out. It's, it's, it's a nice little thing. Something I haven't been able to do in quite some time, but I'm glad I'm being able to do now. Uh, anyways, so let's get on with it. Um, I'm also going to be, I'm also possibly, once I get back from San Francisco... I will be up in San Francisco in mid-September in the northern parts uh, 
Merle Woods, Mill Valley, Strawberry, that area. Uh, once I get back from then in mid-September, I will most likely be down at the uh, Hampton Gourmet, which is September 21st to Saturday, Hampton Phantom Gourmet Seafood Festival. Uh, Phantom Gourmet Food Festival. It's freaking crazy. We're talking thousands of people. You can go check out Week 92 on my channel and check that out. It's called Heaven Sampler. It's nuts. And the security is out of control. Uh, what do I do for a living? Um, I dream about doing this for a living. That's what I do for a living. Okay. What do you do for a living? Uh, <laughs> Hopefully one day this will be... This will be part of just doing it. Maybe if I had some balls and I would go to open mic nights and start doing open mic nights, I could be a fucking comedian. That'd be nice. I do. Okay, what are we at? We are at 36 minutes. I want to get to some articles. I got, what, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four articles before we close up shop for today. Uh, if you didn't check out the last two podcasts, you can certainly go do so. I had an interview with Giovanni Orlando Pena on Sunday or Saturday. Dropped it on Sunday. And then, of course, I had a, a quick in-and-out podcast, on, of course, last Wednesday. So we're back, in, we're back in action. I'm feeling a little better. I think this coffee definitely helps. That's a good blend today. I'm feeling much, much better. All right. All right, so the topics we're going to cover. This is kind of a good thing. This first one, let's see, what is this one? This is from Rogue Rocket. Rogue Rocket is owned by, owned and operated by, um, the freak's his name? Philip DeFranco. You can go to youtube.com slash D or youtube.com Philip DeFranco. Uh, he's great at news. He's got his own personality. I love his stuff. He's awesome. He just started a website called Rogue Rocket, which is it's a news comp a news source that I actually thoroughly enjoy. And this is kind of an this is an international story that I wanted to bring light to because I think it's kind of important. And this is by Maddie Crichton. She's on the team over there at Rogue Rocket. This is entitled Saudi Arabia to allow women to travel independently. So uh, let's see. Let's get go pa get past the bullet points and actually just get straight to the article. I think this is a cool thing. All right, finally getting their shit together here. New law gives more freedoms to women. Saudi Arabia is enacting new laws that give women more freedoms in the country, including the right to travel abroad without the permission of a man. Fair enough. According to the statement from the Embassy of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia in Washington D.C., we still recording? Yep, looking pretty good. The law. Okay, the law will go into effect at the end of August. The law allows women above the age of 21 to apply for passports independently and to travel alone. Under current law, women need a male guardian's permission to do either. The guardian is usually a relative like a husband, a father, or in some cases a son. In addition to loosening travel restrictions, the law also gives women the right to independently run a business, more opportunities to hold senior government positions, and protects them from harassment in public public spaces, public spaces, workplaces, and workplace discrimination. Are you doing? Women can now also register marriages, divorces, and their child children's births. Wow, who'd have thought? Quote, the knowledge, skills, and capabilities of Saudi Arabia's women are among the greatest assets of the country, the embassy statement said. And the government is committed to putting women at the center of the social and economic transformation. Okay. All right. You, I mean, I'll be, you, you have my approval. I mean, shit. Uh, all jokes aside, yeah, you definitely have my approval there. Rima Bandar al-Assad, al-Assad, excuse me, the ambassador to the United States of Saudi Arabia, shared several tweets about the law, calling it, quote, history in the making. 
So he tweets, gender equality, that would cause me a real change for Saudi women. Women's rights in Saudi Arabia have been a contentious subject for a long time. Yeah, no shit. In June, the Human Rights Watch encouraged users to tweet uh, hashtag end male guardianship at King Solomon of Saudi Arabia. At 2018 Global Gender Gap Reports ranking of best countries for women placed Saudi Arabia at 141 out of 149. This is not the first time strides have been made for women in the country. Last year, Saudi women got the right to drive. Uh, this podcast was not really running back then. Not that well, anyways. This is not. Uh, however, several laws limiting their mobility in the country still remain. For example, they still need a male guardian's permission to marry, live on their own, and leave prison. They also do not have the right to pass citizenship to their child. Okay. So, they still got a little ways... A little ways, excuse me. They still got a long ways to go. But this is great. Okay? This is great from an area that is obviously, not stereotypically known, very well known for degradation of women. Okay? If you can do what I do, there's no reason just because of your gender that I should degrade you. Okay? That's not... This is not progressive. This is just, hey, do what you do. That's libertarian. Okay? So, that's done. Saudi Arabia, I mean, Saudi Arabia, I mean, there wasn't a situation that Jamal Khashoggi got fucking cut up into pieces at the Turkish embassy. I don't know who was responsible for that, but hey, whatever. Chicks are getting able, chicks can run businesses now, which is pretty cool. And they can fly. I don't think the the flying thing is as big as is as big as of a deal as the being able to run a business thing. I think that's freaking way bigger of a deal. Let me go ahead and get some of that coffee. I got more coffee. Let's pour it into the cup. Yeah, go Komodo Dragon. Yum. Get a sip here. Mm. Okay, so hooray for Saudi Arabia chicks. And let's move on to the next article. What are we at? 4154. Okay. This one is on CNET. Oh, we're back to CNET now. Love CNET. CNET.com. This one is by Daniel Van Boom. Boom! I had to do it. I'm sorry. This one is entitled... All right. If you guys haven't heard about the Area 51 raid event... Uh, this was a post... Uh, an event posted on Facebook to basically get everybody to raid the Area 51 um, conf- uh, classified installation base in Nevada. They were going to raid it to see where the aliens were. Quote, see them aliens. It had like 3 million said they were going. And a bunch were interested. Um, and a bunch said they were interested. However, it was just uh, as of August 5th, it has been removed by Facebook. The event creator is planning a real-life festival to replace the tongue-in-cheek Area 51 raid. Yeah, it started out as a joke, but, you know, a lot of things start out as a joke, and then they, you know, shit gets real, yo. Uh, let's see, been wondering how that panned out. and eh, not very well. So, all right, I'll just read the, the, uh, the post, the article, since I didn't write it, and, yeah, I need to shut up and read the article. So, let's do that. Come on. Wait, hold on. Sip of coffee. Mm. Organized from day one. In July, a tongue-in-cheek Facebook event was created to coordinate a raid on Area 51, the classified military military base in Lincoln County, Nevada. It became an online sensation. Over 2 million Facebook users signed up. Jimmy Kimball and Stephen Colbert 
gave it a spot in their respective talk shows. Respective. <laughs> That's funny. Jimmy Kimmel. And the U.S. Air Force strongly advised citizens against raiding the facility. Uh, probably, yeah, that's definitely not a smart thing to do. But now the Facebook event page has been taken down. It appears as though Facebook took the page down on August 3rd, excuse me, for violating the community standards. Matthew Roberts, the event creator, posted a screenshot in his personal Facebook page of the notice Facebook had sent him, saying it had taken down the event because it, quote, went against Facebook's community standards. <laughs> I never got any reason behind the event being removed, Roberts told CNET. I created a sister event which amassed about 15,000 people before being taken down for no reason. After starting the Facebook event as a joke, Roberts is now planning an actual Area 51 festival in Nevada to take place September 20th, the day the facetious raid was to go down. He says he created another Facebook event, this time for the real festival that would take place somewhere that's not as highly as classified military, not a highly classified military base. But this, too, was taken down by the social network. What the fuck? Come on, a guy can't party? Quote, I think it's pretty reckless of Facebook, especially because I'm trying to direct people away from storming the base, Roberts said. And now I've lost my entire audience. Roberts expects around 20,000 people to attend the festival. Facebook has been contacted for comment. The now-deleted Facebook event came with a brief description. We will all meet up at the Area 51 Alien Center tourist attraction and coordinate our entry at Red. If we Naruto run, you can Google what that is, we can move faster than their bullets. Let's see them aliens. Naruto run refers to the main character of the, uh, of the Naruto anime. Let's see. The event created the Area 51 meme, which became a fixture on Twitter and Reddit throughout July. You can see some of the favorites below. Da, 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 da. Yeah, this thing got fucking so out of control. It, it was nuts. So that's done. Now, I've already talked about what would happen. We already went over in a few podcasts back what would happen if you would, if actually 3 million people decided to raid Area 51. And it would be a massacre. It would just, it would be a train wreck. Even if 50,000 decided to raid, it would just be, it would be a, a train wreck. You can't, you can't, it's basically the same thing as an attack on a military installation. You just can't do it. So, yeah, ill-advised. He obviously, he did start it as a joke. Um, He did start it as a joke. It's not a bunker base. Area 51 is actually, it does, it is built in the side of a mountain, but the actual air runway is just flat out. It's right there. It's just in a valley. It's just in a valley. But the, they control all the outer property of that valley so people are trying to peek in when they hike the mountain they can't fly their drones in they can't hike up the mountain to see what's going in there you can't really see anything it's miles away Hmm. anyways let's move on to the next article um one two we at 46 50 that sounds pretty good but the reason, a lot of the reason the people went to, they were trying to see them aliens, Area 51, is because of the Joe Rogan podcast with Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar worked in an area in Area 51. But he didn't work at Area 51. He worked at a place called S4, which was south. It was like 15 miles south of Area 51. It was a part of Area 51, but it was, at Area 51, they, just, that was, they worked on technology. But he said that he worked on alien technology, but it was in a section called S4. So storming, he said storming Area 51 would be fucking pointless. He told people not to go there. It would be a bad idea. He was dead serious about it. So um, if you still feel like going, um, good luck to you. Don't blame me if you get shot. 
I don't recommend going. Uh, who the hell is this person fucking going nuts on the Twitch stream here? For real, that meme sounds like treasonous propaganda too, right? Convincing citizens to s aggravate the government. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Just not a smart. It just, just wasn't a smart thing to do. Uh, he started it out as a joke. He does a bunch of them. This guy who posts all this shit, he has one called Storm Area 51. He had st one called Storm uh, the uh, Storm the Capitol Hill. One called Storm the White House. He just does it. So. Anyways, let's move on to the NASA Curiosity rover. Uh, this is also from CNET. This is by Amanda Kuzer. I've mentioned her a lot in my articles. Amanda Kuzer, this one's NASA Curiosity rover did not find a damn robot leg on Mars. Let's talk about rocks in Peridolia. The hell is that? I actually had no idea that this was actually uh, an article. This was a thing. So I guess we're just going to jump into it. Oh, let's see. And let me check something out really quick. Uh, let's see. Seriously, people, we've been through this before. There are no fish cannonballs, thigh bones, spoons, or crab monsters on Mars. There are no boots or robot legs, just rocks, lots and lots of rocks. I just, uh, I was just innocently browsing Google search trends when I saw folks getting excited about signs of extraterrestrial life. Hold on. On Mars, okay. I was just innocently browsing the Google search when I saw folk getting excited about signs of extraterrestrial life on Mars as spotted by NASA's Curiosity rover. The frenzy seems to trace a raw image snapped by rover's masked camera in early August. Um, interesting. It's a cool image about just any photo from Mars is. It shows a close-up view from the ground near the rover, including a collection of small rocks scattered about. One of them has a distinctively boot-like shape to it. A popular UFO blog suggests this is a leg from an ancient robot. Uh, it's not. The close boot, the boot object, the boot-shaped object is a rock. Take a closer look, and you can see the layers. This is a pareidolia, the human tendency to assign meaning and to random shapes. Oh, it's like people when they find when people find. Uh, like an image of Jesus in their fucking coffee or something like that. I get what they're talking about. This is why we can imagine seeing dragons in clouds, a roaring T-Rex in a lightning strike, or alien faces on Mars. Yeah, it's mind games. Let's see. Uh, not a robot leg. Drill hole. Okay. So, yeah. Now, yeah, we do have a bunch of... We, we do have some rovers kicking it around on Mars. We got one that's currently dead right now, too, that's on there, Mars. When we do get there or when we send another vehicle to that section, we'll go and check it out. But, yeah, we got... this. Yeah, there's there's no life on Mars right now. Or if there... I don't think there ever was. I don't think there was. Not here, anyways. I think we're... In, in this solar system, I think we're the only life. However, in other ones, in other solar systems or other galaxies or maybe farther out in this galaxy, I'm pretty sure there's another type of us kicking around. But as far as the robot leg on Mars, I don't think so. Got it all wrong. Last article for the day, Arctic is on fire. The Arctic is on fire. Let's see what this is all about. I was watching some cool shit about Yellowstone, about whether or not it's going to freaking whether it's going to explode or not, or if it's just blowing off a little bit of steam from a heavy day of drinking. Mm. <clears throat> Huge gulp. All right, this one's on CNET. This is by Leslie Katz. The Arctic is on fire. Girl, the building is on fire. Say what? 
The Arctic is on fire, and these images from space show the choking smoke. <laughs> Siberia is burning, and the smoke is spreading beyond Russia. Russia. We blow shit up. Satellite images from NASA and European Space Agency paint a sobering picture of wildfires burning across Siberia. Oh, fuck. Fires are typical for this time of year there, but this summer is proving particularly severe. More than 2.7 million hectares, or 6.6 million acres, of remote forest is cur currently burning across six Siberian and Far East oceans. Uh, according to... Where the fuck is my place? According to the Russia's Federal Forest Agency, covering entire cities with black smoke and noxious fumes, lumped together, the fire would be larger than Massachusetts. Should set fire to Massachusetts. The above image from NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center shows a thick cloud of smoke swirling over Russia and moving towards the U.S. and Canada. ESA's Copernicus Sentinel-3 also delivered a worrying satellite view of the Siberian smoke plumes. Ooh, that looks rugged. It's not just Russia that's on fire. Wildfires have also raged in Greenland and Alaska, fueled by record-breaking temperatures, lightning, and strong winds. NASA is sounding the alarm about how intense these and how intense and numerous fires might accelerating melting in the Arctic as soot warms the atmosphere and the burning of decomposed organic material releases megatons of carbon dioxide into the air. Climate change is already hitting the Arctic hard. Greenland watched sea ice melt in June, and Arctic permafrost is under threat from, th from thawing. Quote, one fire here and there is not a big deal as far as immediate local and weather and climate impacts. Santiago Gasol, an atmospheric scientist at NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center, sent a statement. But when you have so many fires continuously emitting, the smoke remains in the atmosphere for so long that it can actually change the temperature profiles for several days and has meteorological and climatic, climatic impacts. Okay, that makes sense. Last year's satellite images showed smoke from deadly California's deadly campfire blanketing the state and another picture of the burn scar left behind by the Woolsey fire. That one was huge. You guys can check that shit out. Google the Woolsey fire. As temperatures continue to rise, we'll likely bear witness to even more smoke-filled views from space. Uh, and then what will the moon... like? Okay, so that's the end of that article. So, I first of all, I have no... I had no idea that that part of Siberia... First of all, how the fuck is that area getting so hot? It's Siberia. I have no idea how Siberia is getting that hot. And it doesn't state anything about how how hot it is there or anything like that, whether it was done by somebody maybe lighting something on fire by accident or what have you. Obviously, if there's a, if there's a fire in California, it's easy. It could either be an accident or it's the Santa Ana winds. It's the high temperatures moving brush, the, and the next thing you know, a little bit of smoke. And you've got a lot of dry brush there. And the more dry brush you have, the more likely you have to have a, a fire spread. So if you clean up the brush, if you clean up all the dry materials, you're less likely to have a fire spread. But these are things, it, forest cleanups are, from what I understand, hard to do. So this is the situation that they're dealing with right now. Now, I'm not a climate change denier or what have you. I believe that the climate changes with or without us. I certainly think and believe that we could be doing much, much more to be taking care of our oceans, the, the landfills, what we're dumping in the ocean, our, 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 nuclear, wa our nuclear waste, our any other waste, chemical waste. 
any other bio waste. I think we could be much more efficient with how we treat this planet. I do. I because I am about efficiency. Okay. I hate seeing waste. I, I wish we could be doing more. How it pertains to climate change, there are a lot of things that are proven. However, I there are people that are to the extreme to the left. There are people to the extreme to the right. That's all a bunch of bullshit. I don't think it's a bunch of bullshit. There's a lot happening. The answer is somewhere in the middle, and the truth is that something is happening, and there's a lot that we can do about it. But if it, if there if the truth is is that climate was going to change and there's nothing we can do about it, then my original statement of we need to get the fuck off this planet, i.e. Eric Weinstein, then, yeah, we need to get the fuck off this planet. We need to get out of here. We need to start jumping. Moon. Mars, uh, lunar, uh, lunar bases, Mars bases, uh, space bases, you know, shit from interstellar. And we need to give this planet a break. So when it does shift or it does change, we can adjust to it much easier. Now, granted, we got 7 billion people on the planet. Jordan Peterson says we can probably get about two more on here. And then the actual rate of population is, is going to slow and then eventually decline. Less people are having kids over here. But believe me, I still see a lot of people with a lot of kids. Just just one of those things. So, um, yeah, that I don't I don't know. But I do know what we can do. I do know that we can be more responsible. Obviously, electric cars are kind of a bigger thing now, but electric cars also use up a lot of uh, uh, earthly materials, okay? That shit doesn't just float. I don't know. We still have to get the materials, the plastics, the metals to make the cars. Okay, we still have to charge them. We still have to power them. That's going to require stuff. So, um, as far as the tensions with Iran, I got nothing to say about Iran. Nothing. I'm not savvy enough. I don't know. I I always think that it countries should always be solving their own problems for the most part. Okay. It's di- World War II was different. You had countries invading other countries. That's different. When you start invading other countries, then you've got a fucking problem. Okay? Hitler was invading other countries, and, oh, yeah, and by the way, he was killing Jews at, uh, at up to 15,000 per day. So, little different. Little different. Iran, uh, the Ayatollah, we're partially to blame for them being in there, too. So, you know, Iran used to be a fucking paradise. A lot of that area used to be a paradise. But, you know, shit changes. I don't know. I just fucking leave it alone. I don't know. I I, I really don't have a in-depth, honest thought on it. So whatever happens, happens. Uh, we are coming up on 58 minutes. That's more. We're already past 58 minutes. I think on four hours of rough, shitty sleep, standing up to sociopaths far worse than myself, and changing over the entire podcast from the actual studio to the cricket lounge, uh, everything seems to be going pretty good. I got some good articles in. I talked. I talked some shit for a good twenty twenty five minutes. The articles are fairly decent. The coffee came out great. The setup in here is relatively simple, and things are looking good. And I encourage you, folks, if you have dreams or thoughts or things you want to try, go out and do it. And I think it'd be a good weekend to do it. You know. There's there's a way out of any situation if you really put your mind to it. So I want to let you all know that I am on uh, YouTube. You go to Positive Sarcasm and go to click subscribe. 
and just hit the notification bell, please. I'd love the subscribers. If you want to support this channel, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. I mean, you literally could go there and click give $1. $1. It helps. Believe me, it helps. It all go, goes towards buying more RAM or make sure my gear works or travel expenses or events that I'm shooting and stuff like that. It keeps the it keeps this this little ship afloat, believe me. So thank you for that. Positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Uh, you can go I'm no longer on Twitter, so you can find me. My social medias are minds.com. Positive it's positive uh, minds.com is positive sarcasm is me, me there. I'm also on Reddit. Uh, you can find me at Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm, Instagram uh, at positive underscore sarcasm. So you can find me on those social medias. You can email me directly, positive sarcasm at outlook.com. Make sure you give your full information, or you can contact me directly through my website, positive sarcasm.com. I will be at the Concorsa Italiano on Sunday, August 11th. Uh, if you want to go see cool cars for free, go and check it out. And yeah, so that's pretty much it. Uh, comment from, oh no, that's smart again. Oh no, not that smart again on the Twitch stream. I like your format, man. The nice podcast. Well, thank you. Um, I hope you're not a, a weird stalker lady from my past, but I appreciate the thanks. Um, if you have any other questions or comments, I guess we're done for the day because this is the part where I start rambling and saying the same shit over and over and over again. And, but I will have this. This is You can follow me on... You can subscribe to me on Twitch. I may also get involved with Mixer once I'm able to get multi-camera in here. I will may, I'll may i start working in Mixer because uh, Ninja jumped over there, so of course follow the leader. So thank you for everybody who jumped onto the Twitch stream. Thank you everybody for liking and subscribing. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Muse, uh, Google Play, uh, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, you know, wherever you can find podcasts. Or you can download it directly from my website and stream it from there. Go to positivesarcasm.com if you need posing music or whatever. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening, watching, subscribing, streaming live from the Spare Part Studios in the Cricket Lounge. I will talk to you all next week, and maybe I'll see you uh, Sunday at the Concorso Italiano in Salem, New Hampshire at the Tuscan Kitchen. Thank you all for listening, watching, and subscribing. Checking with you next week. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation. To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.